On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every 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 day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. And on today's show, we're going to jump in and talk championships. We just saw the Final Four. We crowned two champions on the women's side, one on the men's side. We're going to talk champions in Minnesota. Which team do you think is most likely to win a championship next in the state of Minnesota? But first, before we jump into that, a word from our sponsor. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarizes, polarizing, polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and pre premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is a Shady Rays insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every single pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays, exclusively for our listeners. Head over to ShadyRays.com. That's ShadyRays.com, and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's the code locked on for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Well, the question was posed, who's going to win a championship in Minnesota next? And we're going to bring in our producer, Sam Ekstrom. Sam, I don't know about you, but when I think about the Twins, think about the Timberwolves. I think about the uh, Wild. And then, of course, the Vikings. You got the Lynx. You got the Loons. Um, you got Minnesota United. You got so many different sports teams. But honestly, I'm going to go with the Lynx. Like, if you look at who's won them before, who has championship experience, who knows how to win them, uh, who, who has the ability to, to turn it on when it, when it matters, I think the Lynx – um, simply for the way it's set up playoff wise, you look at the way that the WNBA is constructed. You look at the number of teams, uh, you look at once you're in, it's kind of best team who gets hot, similar to the final four. Whereas with men's basketball, when you look at the NBA, it's not really final four esque. Um, I don't know if a team in the NBA getting hot at the end matters per se, besides, um, uh, I think building for the next year, when you look at the Suns in the bubble. You know, did everything in the world to try to get in there and uh, had a great finish to get in and then nothing came of it. But then now you look forward, they've become the last two seasons, the top team uh, in the NBA, one of the top teams. You know, they've surpassed the Warriors. Uh, they've surpassed the Lakers. They've surpassed the Clippers. All these teams, the Suns now are what a lot of teams hoped their team could be, you know, you have a Devin Booker, you had a DeAndre Ayton. And so now you see the Suns getting hot, but I'm going to rank them. If I go, I'm going to go Lynx. Then I'm going to say wild. Then of course, probably the loons. I'll go Vikings. And then 
Timberwolves, and then Twins. And the simple fact of, I, I put the Twins at the end. I look at money. I look at pitching. I look at what they have to get done. Um, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough sledding in October. Um, you look at the uh, Timberwolves. The NBA, it's a juggernaut. You got to probably be higher than a seventh seed to really make some noise in the NBA finals and even try to get there. You, you, you're facing too many good teams when you're on the bottom half of that bracket. Three, four, uh, three, two, and one. I think those seeds have a really good chance. Uh, but when you drop down six, seven, eight, I think those are just thanks for showing up. Now, the eighth seed, you know, they could do something. I don't think it's going to happen. Seventh seed, maybe. Again, it's going to take a lot. Now, this is one year where it's kind of topsy-turvy. You don't really have a, a, a scary two-seed in there where you feel like, oh, my goodness, we can't, you know, chief, teeth chattering, knees cl uh, cl clacking together. But the Vikings, uh, that one's tough for me, too. Uh, but I will say this. The NFL is built for when the offense gets hot and when they're playing on all cylinders and they get hot in that playoff and then it becomes about the swagger and the fear of the other team. I think that, that they can get it, but that's kind of my ranking. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I, I like that you went with links on top. And, and I think why that makes sense is they've got the best coach of any team in town. They've got a veteran coach who's, who's literally coached at the international Olympic level. She's won titles. She's been doing this, you know, 15 years now in, the, in this role. Uh, whereas you've got Vikings first year coach Timberwolves. First year as a full-time coach. Rocco Baldelli, this is his first managerial job. Dean Evison hasn't been doing it that long with the Wild. Um, you know, the Loons might be number two in coaching with Adrian Heath. He's, he's done great things with the Loons. Um, but I, I know that core for the Lynx is aging a bit. Um, it's not quite the same as it was back when it was, you know, Waylon, Augustus, Fowles, and they were all in their prime. I know that, you know, those players have retired, moved on. Um, I think the Wild are number one right now. I, I've, I've watched a lot of mm. Wild hockey this year, and they can score so fast, and they flip that switch. You know, a lot of Wild teams of the past were content grinding out 2-1, 3-2 wins. This is a team that will bulldoze you 6-1. to one. I mean, if they catch fire and they can do it against good teams, they're never out of a game. Um, and you don't need to be among the, the league's top two or three teams to win a Stanley Cup. You can be the, the fourth, fifth, sixth best team and have a great chance to win. It's a wide open tournament. And I think the Wild have sort of the depth to do it this year. Um, now, if you're talking a little longer term, yeah, I think the Wild still are set up nicely. But I think in football, things can, can change so fast. The Vikings are always going to be kind of one step away or right there. And uh, if, the, if the cards fall right, yeah, they could be on that doorstep. Um, I just have a hard time with the Wolves, Ron. I, I love the team. The, the, the Wolves are an awesome, fun team to watch. And yet, how often do you see a seven seed make a run in the NBA playoffs? You have to be a top, a top seed, top two seed, um, because there's just so much reliance on star power. And the Wolves have a lot of fun players. And they've even got a couple of, of pretty high-level, high you know, I'd call Catastar for sure. And then Edwards and Russell are probably second, third tier. They just don't have that second megastar. And I, I think that's why they're probably going to be stuck here, you know, as, as a first, maybe a second round exit. See, I'm going to disagree with you on that. I, I think Anthony Edwards is a megastar. I think he's a megastar in the making. Um, I think he has the right swagger. I think he has the right attitude. Um, I, I love his energy. I think his athleticism, 
um, can take over games. I think his ability, I mean, you watch the highlight, I think, where he dunked over a guy. Um, it was like him and Jimmy Butler kind of got into it. He dunked over a guy. Uh, there was another one where Jimmy Butler tries to reach for the ball and he pushes him off. Like Anthony Edwards is a guy, you know, he said it coming into it. He's not scared of anything. I think that's what the Timberwolves are going to need in the playoffs. But again, yeah, that two seed, um, you know, it, it's about getting hot. And and this is, like I said, this is any year where like the Warriors to me don't look scary. The Grizzlies don't look scary. Um, you know, it, it's one of those years where, you know, even the Spurs in the play-in, I, I, th- I feel like they might be able to get in there because the Lakers have been eliminated, as we know, last night. Um, LeBron's gone fishing already. So so that's the, the, the crazy thing about how the NBA is built. Hockey, I agree. I'm not a big, you know, hockey understander or fan, but I will say that whoever skates get hot at the right moment, uh, it can happen. The Vikings, I, I think it's going to be the drafts, more pieces. We'll see. New coach, new, new GM. It might change. Um, but today on the next segment, we're going to have a new segment, call the audible or run the play. So stick around for that. But first, we're the sponsors. can't wait for that next segment. First, I'm going to let me tell you about Built Bar. Um, you know, I, I'm not great at New Year's resolutions. I say I'm going to work out. I do it for a few weeks and I stop trying to fix my diet. You know what's a great way to help with that is is using Built Bar, eating Built Bar, because it really feels like you're not having to uh, to do a lot of work to do it. If you try the puffs, uh, they're unbelievable. One of Built Bar's best, they are protein-infused marshmallows covered in 100% real chocolate. Uh, the puffs are a fan favorite. Incredible flavors. Cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so Good. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. Go to built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Uh, you compare them to a candy bar, they are something like 100 calories less, um, 25 grams of sugar less. The difference is unbelievable. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. They pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And today on the Ron Johnson Show, we're going to debut a new segment called Run the Play or Call the Audible. You guys have seen Peyton Manning. Omaha, same situation. I'm going to call it Audible if I don't agree with it or if I like it, I'm going to run the play. But let's bring in Sam Ekstrom, our producer. He's going to run it. He's going to pose the question. And now when he gives me the play, he's like my offensive coordinator. I'm the quarterback. So when he gives me the play, I'm going to listen to him in the headset. And if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm running the play because that's all I can do. If I'm Peyton Manning, I'm changing it. Take it away, Sam. Hey, I'm giving you autonomy at the line of scrimmage. You can make your own decisions. Um, here's so the you're question, Kevin O'Connell now. Fo- so I'm Kirk Cousins. You're Kevin O'Connell. Okay, let's go. I'm, tr- I'm empowering my quarterback. Uh, he, it's a football question because it is a football uh, segment. So the run the play option, Ron, the Vikings are set on offense. They've got all the weapons they need. They've got the offensive line they need. They've got Irv. They've got Dalvin. They've got Justin. They've got Adam Thielen. Um, or you can call an audible. You can say the Vikings need more on offense. They need to either find another receiver in free agency. They've got to draft somebody high in the draft and add to the stable of weapons on this offense. Are you going to run the play, Ron? Are you going to call the audible? Looking at my playbook. I think I'm, I'm a, 
I'm gonna call it audible, but this is the audible I'm calling. I'm not completely changing up the play. I'm gonna motion the guy over, which means I need to add something to it. I need to add something. I don't know if it's a weapon per se or maybe an offense alignment, uh, but I, I do want to add something to it. I'm also gonna add another tight end to it. You lose, uh, you, you have Irv Smith come back off injury, and you lose Conklin. So. I don't know if it is trying to get Kyle Rudolph back at some capacity. I don't know if it is in the draft. There's a sneaky tight end in the second, third, fourth round that we don't really know about that the Vikings have their eye on. Um, but I, I do feel like the way you look at Tyler Higby with the Rams and you, and you look at his production and what they got out of him, uh, you look at the three to four receivers they had there with Van Jefferson. And and again, I'm using the Rams because of Kevin O'Connell. I think you and then T. Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase. I feel like you do need one more small little piece. I don't mean like a, a $104 million extension type guy like Stefan Diggs. I would say you need just another piece. You need one more solid guy. I think KJ Osborne, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen are, are very good. That's a good trio. I do think you need that Don Beebe type, that 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 guy that can be on special teams, but also he's going to come in and be a serviceable guy. Uh, but I mean, Don Beebe, if he was in today's football, Don Beebe in today's football, you're going to run some motions with him. You're going to run some jet sweep reverses. Um, you're you're going to try to get some sneaky production out of him. Where back then, when they had leather helmets. Uh, they weren't real creative with the offense. And so I'm going to call an audible, but I'm not completely Peyton Manning this thing and tearing it down. I want to be able to just add maybe one piece here or there. If there is a receiver in one of the third rounds, um, second, third round, and you think that's the way to go, um, I'm not opposed to that as well because you look at the $104 million Stephon Diggs just got with an extension, tying him to the Bills for six more years, $124 million. Justin Jefferson is going to want $200 million. I mean – so you have to look at that, at least $124 million. I mean, let's be honest. So you have to look at that and say, do we need to go get another cheap receiver? Because if we can't afford, like, if they do that with Jefferson, they can't keep dealing. And that's going to be the chicken or the or, or the, uh, the the rubber meets the road. If, if he wants that money, Thielen, they can't afford a, a Thielen. Um, you're going to have to construct a Bills type of receiver room. You look at it's Diggs, and then it's a bunch of other guys. And I think that's what you decide. Is that what your offense is going to look like? And that's why I say you add a piece now because you get a young, you know, you get a young guy like a Rondell Moore. Uh, you saw what he did for the uh, for the Cardinals. Like that's that's the kind of piece that could be added to to be a little bit of explosion. Yeah, I'm good adding those receivers for depth in the draft because we've seen how impactful rookie receivers can be. The learning curve isn't quite as much anymore. There's just this this depth of receivers coming out of college where I think you can find a quality receiver to add to your room to be a, a wide receiver for um, you know they can kind of be there with Amir Smith-Marset as your your guys coming off the bench and I'm okay with that finding finding someone like that in the draft where I would want the Vikings to add you know call a little audible is to do whatever they need to do clear up some cap space restructure Dalvin Cook's contract maybe I know they, they have the option to do that and go upgrade your center position. J.C. Mm. Treader is is sitting on, on the free agent market, one of the best pass blockers in the last five years. Cleveland had to cut him because Deshaun Watson was pretty expensive and they needed cap space. And Treader is getting older, but there's been no drop-off in his play. Uh, if you could structure a contract right so he's only costing you three four million dollars in the first year i think the vikings could afford it and i think that's the biggest liability right now on this line is the center play i mean garrett bradbury unless he is 
unbelievable in the Kevin O'Connell scheme. Uh, he has not proven to me that he can protect Kirk Cousins well enough. I think that still is a red flag on this offense. So I'm, I'm bolstering the offensive line still in free agency if I can, and then I'll find more weapons in the draft. Well, before we get out of here, the one thing I will say is I feel like Kirk Cousins – can help his center out. If he's able to change the protections a little bit more, if he's able to, to to do some of those things where if he sees, you know, two guys in that gap where he's like, I don't think he can handle this and just change the play to some quick hitting bubble screen to Justin Jefferson with Adam Thielen blocking on the outside or vice versa, a quick hitting jet sc- or jets uh, screen or, or, or tunnel screen to uh, KJ Osborne where, you know, you're using the vert, the horizontal pass game as an, as an, as a hot route you know, versus just completely going hot route. And if you get pressure, you just say, you know what? Like Odell Beckham, you know, like I said, like Jamar Chase, you use your wet, like Tyreek Hill, use those guys horizontally. We didn't do that. We didn't throw hitches and slants. I mean, look at the number of hitches and slants Odell Beckham caught. We didn't run hitches like hitches. I don't know why that's the most, but that's what, you, what I, as a kid, I play running back and I learned how to run a hitch at the age of eight. So I don't understand why the age of 28, so many offensive coordinators have gotten away from the hitch and the slant. Like now it becomes, I got to have this great, cute offense. And up until Peyton Manning retired, hitch was the number one quick game out of his playbook. I'm just getting out my hands quick. I'm going to get into Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne's hands. And I'm going to let these guys work. I'm going to give in it's five yards. I don't have to worry about getting sacked. I don't, the worst that can happen is my tackle doesn't get the D lineman's hands down and they bat it down. Other than that, it's it's like an eighty. It has to be eighty or ninety percent completion rate on hitches, and 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 that's what I think needs to come back is some of the basics within football. That when you're seeing these weird coverages, because if he presses, a hitch turns to a fade, and so you have Justin Jefferson, you have Adam Thielen, one of the best. Uh, I'm not gonna call him a ballerina, but one of the best guys at twerk, uh, being able to turn his body and contort his body to make a catch. Um, that's my thought on what we can do to help the center out. But I, I do like J.C. Treader if, if they can find a way to make this work. And, you know, Rob Brzezinski is a, is a money magic man. He has a lot of work to do this offense. It's time for the Daily Three, everybody. Three questions, three minutes. I'm on the clock. Sam Ekstrom, take it away. Okay, results last night. Uh, not good for the local teams. Wolves crushed at home to a bad Washington team, 132-114. They lose by 18, two games left in their season. The Wild smoked at Nashville, 6-2. to So a couple of uh, destructive losses last night for the Wild and Wolves. Fans are concerned about momentum late in the season. Every loss just seems more amplified. Ron, are you a believer in uh, what bad momentum can do as you enter the playoffs? Yeah, I am. I am a believer of momentum. Uh, you look at the, let's go with UNC, you know, the most recent team that rolled the momentum as an eighth seed. Coming into the tournament, they beat Duke at home to ruin Coach K's final tribute game, you know, in front of the crazies and with all his former players there. Um, UNC rolled that. The Tar Heels rolled that energy. And then you look at, again, not to say AFC was disrespectful. It's just, hey, look, you, you guys didn't play great all season. You know, Hubert Davis, you're figuring everything out. They figured it out at the right time. They got hot. They came in. They knocked off one team after the next. People couldn't believe it. Everybody assumed it would be Baylor. Even me. UNC screwed my bracket up. Everybody thought Kentucky. St. Peter 
you know, they screwed that up for me too. Um, when you, when you look at momentum in that aspect, yes, it, it is key. But the thing is with basketball per se, you get seven games. So the tournament is a little bit different uh, because it's one. So I, I feel like when it comes to a series, if you get that first win in the series, and that's going to be the key. If you go down 0-2, like Timberwolves, for instance, I think it's done. I, I think you're not coming out of that hole as a seventh seed. Um, same with the Wild. If you get down early, that doubt creeps into your head. If they go up early in the series and the goalkeepers are playing well, I don't see them losing. And then, and then you ride the, the the hot hand of your goalie. If he's making stop after stop, like you said, the offense is putting points in the net and, and it's, it's not a close game. Yeah, I, I think that votes well. So the momentum can start in the playoffs. It's all about how you start it. But yeah, you don't want to come in on a losing streak into the playoffs because then that does add doubt. Now, mentally, there is a coach that can say, hey, like the Timberwolves, for instance, we clinched the seventh seed. So don't worry about how we play because I am resting you guys or I'm just trying to figure some, some things out for the playoffs. So I, am, I, I do believe in momentum, but I think there's ways around it if you're a coach of how you want to really verbalize that to your team yeah you know like you said you don't want a five game losing streak but i'm okay with a one-off clunker which might actually be a wake-up call like the wolves especially realizing that oh yeah we have to defend people if we relax yep. we're going to give up 132 points to washington we can't play like that in the playoffs which are just i don't know 10 days away now uh so i think that could actually be a valuable lesson for the wolves going forward uh, ESPN released its fantasy rankings a few days ago. Here are where some key Vikings rank in their position on offense. And I want you to tell me if it's too high, too low, or just right. Kirk Cousins, 16th at quarterback. Dalvin Cook, 10th. Justin Jefferson, 2nd. Now, these are fantasy rankings, so it's not necessarily ranking their skill level. It's more about fantasy points, but I still want your opinion. Too high, too low, or just right? Um, okay, so let's go with Justin Jefferson first. Let's just go in reverse order. So Justin Jefferson is second. I think that's just right. Uh, you look at Cooper Cup. Um, Cooper Cup is an absolute demon on the field. Um, the, the things he does. I honestly might have put Justin Jefferson at third because I think Jamar Chase should be second. Uh, I think Joe Burrow now a year away from his injury and what we saw last year coming right off injury and how good he looked. Um, the, the NFL was put on notice. This team is for real. The Bengals are for real. So Justin Jefferson should have been second or third. I think that was just right. Dalvin Cook, that's definitely too low. Um, I, I see the Derrick Henry, but again, injury. What is he going to look like coming in this year? Uh, Austin Eckler, you know, you never know because if it's a PPR league or what, what, you know, what kind of league are you in? You got Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Everybody always thought Christian McCaffrey should be the first running back taken, but now with injury year after 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 year, you can't say Christian McCaffrey should be up there. Because you don't know. Dalvin Cook has had injuries here and there, but Dalvin Cook in a scheme where they're going to run more screen game. You look at the Rams and their screens and how open they were because that wasn't the norm for them, uh, where I think the Vikings screen game is going to surprise people as well and be put into complete space. Dalvin Cook is ridiculous. So Dalvin Cook's got to be in the top five of running backs. Kirk Cousins is 16. Again, uh, Spice Adams yesterday said he thought Kirk Cousins was the top 10 quarterback. I agree. I think he should be in the top 10. I do understand that the hesitation uh, where people say this is, you know, this was a running team. Um, 
And so this is not, I don't think this is a running per se, like we're going to run the ball first. It's not going to be a head coach that's going to get mad if, if, if the offensive coordinator calls because it's himself. He's going to get mad at himself. Uh, it's calling too many pa or run, yeah, pass plays. Like I think Kevin O'Connell is going to ride the hot hand. If Dalvin Cook's hot, he's going to run outside zone and he's going to grind it out because that's what he's been taught by Sean McVay. Um, the Rams wish they had a running back like Dalvin Cook. Uh, but when you look at the passing game, same thing. If, if, if Justin Jefferson is the hot hand like a Cooper Cup, they're going to keep going to Justin Jefferson. So I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a top 10 quarterback and he should be in fantasy. So that one to me is too low. Yeah, yeah. My, my thoughts on the Dalvin ranking, it does seem low at first glance. I, I get a feeling, though, that this is going to be a, an offense that passes to set up the run, whereas Mike Zimmer's teams always run to set up the pass. Um, and I think they're going to probably get Dalvin fewer carries, trying to keep him healthier, and that might make him even more efficient as a runner if he can stay healthy later into the season because he's gotten banged up down the stretch the last few years for sure. Um, so this game just got postponed actually to Friday, but the Twins opener was scheduled for Thursday afternoon. Uh, it's now going to be Friday afternoon because of rain. Nonetheless, I want you to give me a Twins win total for this year. And uh, we will play this back in October and see how close you were. <laughs> so the bullish nature of watching uh, Correa follow Buxton and the back-to-back -back home runs. Excitement. Like, I'm like, man, if, if this can be a norm where you're going to have two guys coming up like the, 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 the Bash Brothers for Mighty Ducks, where every time they both step up, you know, the Splash Brothers – uh, for the Warriors, you know, they're going to become a formidable duo, but there's injury. We know Buxton hasn't always remained healthy. Um, Carlos Correa has taken up a lot of money, but again, there's no salary cap. So hopefully the owners don't get scared going forward thinking, oh, we, we pay for one free agent. We can't pay for any more. You can pay for as many as you want. Go win a championship. Break the bank for one year. Spend $500 million. Who cares? Go win it. Um, I'm going to say 95 um, I, I, that might be a little high. I mean, if you think 80 was 81 and 81 is a halfway, but I know they canceled some games. And so I'm gonna have to redo the math on that. Cause I'm not sure how many series actually got canceled or postponed or whatever. Um, but I think 90, 90 ish, 95, 90, 90 to 95 wins. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, when you look at the way this team is built, you look at, they're willing to put a rookie on the mound, a, a young guy on the mound to, to throw out the first day. I don't know if that's going to change now cause it's Friday and, you know, they were sticking with their Friday thoughts. I don't know. Um, but that's my thought on this team. When you think about the players, you think about the energy around the fans on Twitter, you think about the same thing. Uh, baseball can ride energy. What I want to see from baseball is don't do what you've always done. Don't be the boring, you know, whatever. If they want to, you know, celebrate ridiculously after back-to-back -back home runs, let them. Don't hit the next batter. Like, that's the problem why so many people don't watch baseball all the time is because it's not always exciting. It's not always fun. Uh, I got a chance to go to the Gophers softball game. Uh, and the University of Minnesota Gophers softball game was so exciting when you watch the big hits, the celebrations, the dugout cheering, the entire game. Um, it, it, that's where I think baseball gets a little bit uh, stale. And so... I think if you give these fans energy, you know, and, and not to go major league, but, you know, you have a guy in the dugout with his hat on backwards. You have guys in there wearing robes for pregame. You have a guy walking around, um, you know, in, in, in biker shorts 
with, with flip-flops on, you know, a guy, you know, eating seeds and then collecting the seeds on the top of his hat, like whatever it is, just do something to stay energized, stay together. And I think 90 to 95 wins is not impossible. And that'll do it for the Ron Johnson show. I want to thank you guys for joining me. That was my producer, Sam Ekstrom. We had a great day today. Make sure you subscribe to the Ron Johnson show on YouTube. Also, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Have a great day.